everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of 100 Foot Jesus, the podcast. Um, Christmas week here in 2020, what a great phrase to say because we need a Christmas around here. Um, Christmas just is that thing, you know, like it's the uniter. Are you guys like us where as a family or maybe if you're single or whatever stage of life you're at, really feel like you need to hit that checklist of Christmas stuff. Like, okay, we're going to see Christmas lights this night. Okay, we're going to watch these 20 movies at, at some certain extent, some certain point. Do you have a checklist of things to get through for Christmas? Uh, last year, I had an episode that came up this year, actually, in my life again, um, and it's got some pretty good traction this Christmas season on what to say to your kids about Santa Claus. Like, if you celebrate Santa, what can that do? Um, the basic ramifications of it, I think, and by the way, this isn't scientific. This is just pastoral circumstance. I only got my circumstances. I don't have yours. Is I feel like if you introduce Jesus Christ in the same make-believe setting... You introduce Santa and your elf on the shelf and all of those things. You're going to run the risk of making of belittling God's word and 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 God, the creator of all, into being a game, into being a thing. And I and I think you can make God a reality with children that are very small. You don't have to make them a game. Uh, your your nanny and papal or whatever you call them, they're not a game. They're real. And they love your kids. They have a relationship with your kids. You, as parents, you you love your kids. You have a relationship with your kids. So I think you don't need to put it in that fictional world. However, I'm not the parent of your child. You are. Or maybe you're the aunt and uncle that want to play on this game with the kids. And, And you probably have pure reasons. And I am not about to project my own worldview upon you and say that it's correct. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode than normal today. A lot going on this week around here. And also, guys, I know some of you guys, you just don't have a ton of time this week. Um, a lot of my friends in ministry, you're gearing up for Christmas Eve services. If you if you have a mega church, you're gearing up for 39 <laughs> Christmas Eve services. And you've just got so much going on, you don't have time to listen to some podcast host in Michigan tell you about the whole world. So I'm just going to focus this on Christmas a little bit. I love Christmas, I, and I think we can make it so much about Jesus without the war on Christmas narratives and idea, can't we? Like, we we can do so much about making this about Christ outside of just the normal keep Christ in Christmas. I, I think, man, there's just so much readily available at our fingertips where we can. You hear words like, in songs, like, the weary world rejoices. You hear things like, like, you hear things like, fall on your knees. Oh, here. I mean, like, guys, like, we, we are rejoicing all the more about the Savior coming. Uh, Galatians says that when time was fully pregnant. God sent a savior. When time needed it the absolute most. 
I love um, John chapter 1 for so many reasons. We talked about a couple weeks ago on the show, but the idea that God is, that Jesus was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He was with God in the beginning, all things were created through Him and by Him. Then it says the world made His dwelling among us. That's insane to think about. Just go back through the annals of history. You have Adam and Eve in the garden. This is they would walk with God in the cool of the day. Just a stroll. Imagine that. God, this unattainable thing for us. And he would just stop by for a stroll just to talk about creation. And then sin enters the world. And then it gets tricky. You have a man named Moses who gets called by God, who had a stutter. <laughs> um, he, 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 he murdered somebody and covered it up and ran away into the desert. And God takes him, this Moses, and frees his people, the Jews, all because of the prayers they cry out to. And at that time, really only Moses gets to talk to God. He gets to go up on mountains, have long conversations. And when he does, he can't even really look at his face. And when, he, and when he looks at his face, he turns white as a sheet. When he's even in his presence. What in the world kind of God is that powerful? And then, we, then eventually we build a thing. You know, we build the temple. We build the Ark of the Covenant. We, we, we build the Holy of Holies. And then the Holy of Holies, that's where we say, well, that's where God's presence is. So you, we would take a, this poor priest that would have a bell tied around him and, and a rope. And if he'd go in there and he would die, and he would die, we could pull him back out and no one else could go in. They're carrying the Ark of the Covenant and, and if, you, if you were the wrong person that was impure, you touched it, you would die. All through history, we had this idea that God is a God that's real, but he's unattainable. And then you have this Jesus, our Savior, becoming one of us in a way, becoming one of us. And, and, he, and he becomes one of us to the point that he's born to a poor couple. Uh, what most scholars believe, and I believe, a teenage girl born to Mary. And it's immaculate conception. Some people have such problems with that. I don't, because, man, there's so much after that happens that I'm like, you know what, if God put the baby there, he did. But then, after all of this, after all of this, we have that thrill of hope, right? That thrill of hope. That God comes vulnerable into, into poverty. He doesn't get born to, the, to Herod. He doesn't get born anything like that. He, he gets born to a couple of nothing. And Herod at the time, the, the system, the oppression, Herod tries to have Jesus killed for the first probably three years of his life. He wants him murdered. That's major, isn't it? And then, after all that, Jesus grows up. And he, we hear about it. He's 12 years old. After 12 years after what we call Christmas, he's 12 years old. And he's in the temple and he's teaching. And his parents see it and they don't know where he is. And and, and and then they come back and he says, he says what you know he says what were you doing and little Jesus says well I was about my father's business his father's business God put on flesh and became a man 
First Peter tells us that he is the image of the invisible God. When Mary held that baby in that nasty trough, she was kissing the face of God, as our favorite song Mary Did You Know would say. And the family didn't always believe it. I mean, think of the family he was born into. I know some of my Catholic brothers and sisters around here would, would take issue with this, but later on in the Gospels, Mary comes and Mary and the other siblings think that Jesus is insane for the things he's saying. So Mary, did you know? Eh, she might have known, but she didn't do much about it. So, what is Christmas about? Is it about the story of St. Nicholas? No, it's not, but man, that's a nice little icing on the cake of what we call Christmas. Is Christmas what everyone says? It's, it's about family and togetherness? No, although the kingdom of God creates a beautiful family, doesn't it? Christmas is about God moving right into a rough neighborhood that is humanity. He didn't commute. He moved directly in. Does everybody remember when Hurricane Katrina happened, if you're old, if you're that age too, and you had this picture of George W. Bush, who by the way I was a big fan of, but you have this picture of George W. Bush flying really high over the devastation, looking out over it, and not landing. That is not what God did. He moved right in. He wasn't some local councilman that lived in a rich neighborhood, a la this is us, you guys, if you're familiar with the NBC show, that, that visited the poor people and shook hands and kissed babies every once in a while. He moved directly in with us. It says he was tempted in every way we are. He suffered in ways we can never suffer. He bore the sins of all of us. All of your rebellion, all of your times you spit in God's face on purpose or not even knowing it, he bore those sins later on. There's a great old um, old uh, parable, if you will, a story about Jesus when he's little that's not doesn't appear in any of the Gospels. It, it shows when Jesus was little and he was walking to the market with his mom. And uh, his daddy was a carpenter, of course, but he goes by and he sees someone building a cross and he and he... He flinches and he hugs his mom's leg in fear because he knows someday a cross like that will be for him. What is the Christmas season, fellow church? The Christmas season is a beautiful time to recognize that God, in all of his love and justice, became one of us became one of us. He is the creation that became one of us. There's this great story of a uh, grandfather and he is and he is watching his grandson and his grandson is in his crib and he's just crying and crying and crying and he starts to take him out and the, and the grandfather's daughter comes in, the mom of the baby and says, hey, 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 don't take him out. It's time for a nap. And he was bad. It's just fine. And he sits there and his grandson keeps crying and crying and crying. And the grandfather gets out of his little rocking chair, climbs in the crib. And then he looks at his little grandson. He says, if you're in here, I'm in here. 2020 has not been good for any of us. I think you would agree that um, if there were no pandemic, this wasn't a great year. You have a guy that says, well, if you're in this, I'm in this. 
that's the story of Christmas. Moms and dads, sons and daughters, neighbors, Republicans, Democrats. That's the story of Christmas. We're in this season. Well, thank you guys. Very short episode today, but I just wanted to kind of key us in a little bit on what the Christmas story is. The angel tells Joseph, hey, name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And one of those people was Joseph. He came to save us from our sins. He came to do what we can't do. That's the story of Christmas. Well, thank you guys. And have a very, very merry Christmas.